Welcome back to the Rewind That Tape podcast. This is your host, Mr. Stromboli. I'm Dr. Cash. And I'm Dave Probs. And today we're going to be talking about the Browns game versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Then we're going to talk about Kyrie's return to the world and to basketball. And then lastly, we're going to be talking about the Michael Thomas and A.J. Brown injuries that were brought up today. We're going to start off with the Browns game against KC, where they almost came back and won, but fell short ultimately behind Chad. And I'm going to start it off with J-Probs. What do you have to say about this game? Because there was a good chance the Browns could have won here. Yeah, after Patrick Mahomes went um, off the field and into the locker room with a a concussion that we now know was a concussion, um, the Browns had a chance. I mean, they drove down the field. They scored. It was a one one possession game, really, and the defense stopped Chad Henne. They got an interception, so the Chiefs were starting from their own twenty, and it looked like this could be a game winning drive, uh, defining moment in Browns and Baker's history. But it was it was a three and out, and this Chiefs defense that was so tight in that last two minutes proved to be tight again, and. They got the back ball back to Chad Henne. We saw he was it was like a third and seventeen or something, and I was like, "Man, Baker's gonna get another shot." Baker even thought that himself. He was like, "Yeah, I thought I had another shot," but ultimately, Henne had a really gutsy run, and then Andy Reid pulled an even gutsier play on fourth down to throw the ball to Tyreek Hill, basically winning the game. And yeah, I mean. I thought the Browns had a chance. I thought Baker had a chance. I I just think they didn't ex- execute at the end of the day. Yeah, and we saw Henne make a really big run, but it was still fourth down. I mean, Dr. Cash, did you really think that Andy Reid would pull out a fourth and one pass play? Not even on the ground. He threw it up to one of his best receivers. Did you expect this watching this game? I certainly did not expect a pass play on fourth and inches from Andy Reid, especially considering you've been uh, semi-successful running the ball the entire game. Now, the Browns defense was caught off guard. They weren't ready. They were thinking Kansas City was going to try to get them on the hard count, but that clearly wasn't the case. Uh, And Andy Reid just showed why he's a great coach. Uh, He just, he he caught that young, young Browns team off guard, got that first down and sealed his ticket to the AFC title game. And uh, that's certainly a disappointing way for the Cleveland Browns to go out, but certainly a lot of pluses to take away from this entire year for that organization. Yeah, I just want to go back to that fourth down play. I think, oh, well, I was just going to say, if if it was Patrick Mahomes there, I think the Cleveland Browns defense would be 100%. They would be on their toes, I think, a little bit more because he's so dynamic and Andy Reid trusts him so much that – I, if Patrick Mahomes was in there, I would expect a throw or a run. I would not expect them to punt that. But now you put in Chad Henne, who's a backup. I mean, I didn't think Andy Reid had that much trust in him. I, I know Stefanski and the rest of the team didn't. So I I think that just shows how, how well coached this team is, how unpredictable it is, and that's really what makes them so good because, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback, but he's been surrounded by such great talent, both on the sideline sideline and around him. So I think that's just that's what makes this Chiefs team 
super Super Bowl contender now and in the future for sure. Yeah, to go to the point, I mean, nobody saw that coming from Andy Reid, and he just pulled something out that we weren't expecting. But also, let's talk about the Browns real fast. They had a hell of a year going 11-5. and Even though they finished third in the division, they had a lot of things to be proud of. And I think, to me, that's a success on its own. Like, win or loss coming into this game, I think everybody expected the Browns to lose. And they kept another close game. I think that has you have to give credit to Cleveland for that. Yeah, clearly this Browns team, you know, they were 10-point underdogs. And um, Patrick Mahomes got injured in midway through that third quarter. And from there, I think that's when the momentum completely shifted. Um, This game, it was a 16-point game at half, but it certainly felt closer than 16 points. One, because of that touchback play that was almost a touchdown by Richard Higgins, but it would have been 10 to 16 if that was called a touchdown, but it ended up being 19 to three at half. But the Browns didn't uh, stop in the second half. They kept going, scored a touchdown. One thing I didn't like is that they only gave Nick Chubb the ball 13 times. And it seemed like almost every time he touched the ball, you were getting five, six yards to carry at least. Exactly. So yeah, I, I think I that's, that's uh, somewhat, somewhat of a positive, or excuse me, somewhat of a, takeaway that the Browns need to look into next season. But obviously that that Chiefs uh injury there, Mahomes, that was huge. And uh but the Browns just weren't able to take care of that. And I'll get on to that later. But yeah, just simply uh simply a great great season for this team, but it could have been even greater. Yeah, well to go to your point, I mean Baker Mayfield was playing at such a high level in that game that I think they were just rolling with him and I agree Nick Chubb should have got more involved as the Browns run game seemed to be pretty strong throughout the entire game. A lot of reminiscing for the Browns fans, and they even greeted their team back home. Should be an interesting way to see what will happen for the next year. We're going to go ahead and move on into Kyrie Irving's return from his absence in the NBA, leaving his teammates behind. I viewed this the way most media people viewed this, and this was just... Kyrie's got to go, man. I mean, he, he's just, he, he, he's, he's poison, but he's back. He said he talked to every single one of its teammates and he said this was for personal reasons. Is this BS or is this just something that is a part of Kyrie and the Nets fans are going to be have to be ready for all year? Yeah, I think this is some part of Kyrie. I mean, we saw this in Brooklyn. I mean, he's, definitely one of the more spiritual and outgoing person that in the whole entire league really and he I feel like this might have been a one-off thing might have been a multiple times a year I I have no idea but if you're the Nets um he he is a star player he has the talent to complete that trifecta there so I think you keep him. I mean, I, I know uh, Mr. Tromboli was saying he's got to go, but I, I don't know. It seems like the statements that he's been making, he knows that what he did was for himself and he needed some time alone. Um, and I think that's that's fine. But I mean, I don't know how well that bodes with 
because this is a business at the end of the day and he gave no one a heads up not even the coach so i think there's that kind of unpredictability with Kyrie, but at the end of the day um he came back and i i expect him to perform at the level that he was at the beginning of the year because we saw him and kd they were almost unstoppable and then you add james harden in there that's that'll give any team a run for their money right it's obviously uh pretty great super team they have there in brooklyn and um i think that's just to go along with stromboli's question it, it's it's part of kyrie irving it's something nets fans will have to deal with all season it all it started we saw him burning sage back in the garden in boston but it, it's just part of him and um obviously it's it was pretty surprising just the way he said it um i feel like there's a better better way he could have said it and not just i didn't feel like playing because to that to the fans in the organization it's like you don't want that kind of energy on your team and on top of that you just brought a superstar onto your team so it's it was really confusing but you know good for him to clear it out uh it, it's just a part of him at the end of the day and um for this nest team i'm i'm on that boat where it's championship or bust this year you got three all-stars three mvp caliber caliber players and look we've seen what katie and harden can do now you add Kyrie to that mix and it's just that much more dangerous yeah i agree and and you look at the nets as a whole in their organization and it just to me it's just one of those teams where you see a gloomy cloud over an nba franchise if you had to pick one team where you were thinking like these guys are like are like grumpy like grumpy boys i think is a great uh a great name for this team because you have katie i'm not saying he's a snake but i think everybody knows harden just went out of his out of his uh little town where everybody loved him and then you have uh, Kyrie Irving, which he's taken the easy way in and out, joining super teams over and over again. I mean, and he doesn't care. And I think the biggest thing right here that we've seen from Kyrie is this reminds me of Dennis Rodman. Does it not? I mean, I know everybody here watched that Last Dance documentary. This 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 has to be a Dennis Rodman thing because he yeah, did the exact sure. same thing. I mean, am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really think about that before you said that, but now thinking about it, like those trips to Vegas and stuff, I mean, who knows? Maybe KD had to go and pull Kyrie back. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I, I doubt that happened. But, uh, yeah, that 100% makes me think about that. But the thing is, Rodman was producing at a level, and he was playing that scrappy ball. I think Kyrie, uh, we've seen him kind of – take a little easier route a um, couple times Boston for sure and I think those are two for sure different kind of players but the attitude there I think both of them have the same thing they both just needed to get something um, off their chest just playing basketball I guess was too much pressure but for Rodman it seemed like it was a kind of multiple time things and and if you're a Nets fan, you better hope that it's not a multiple-time thing because if you have Kyrie gone for, like, weeks on stretches, then this team is going to fracture, I'm telling you. At some point after its third absence, it's going to fracture for sure. And this super team will be no more. Also, another follow-up question that should be interesting is, 
is how, how is this team going to share the ball? We have not seen all three of them play together. And if when you really look at it from a fan standpoint, all three of those guys like to have the ball in their hands when the game's on the line. So, I mean, I'm going to throw it over to Dr. Cash first. I mean, who's taking that shot? And is this team going to work? Is it going to work to have all three of those players on the court at one time? Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it, I'd say it's hard, but I kind of want to go back to KD on the Warriors. Like those were three shooters, obviously not the talent that um, the Nets have right now, but those are three offensive dominant players, and uh, they they made it a way. They found a way to work out, and uh, so I think this Nets team definitely there's a chance of them being able to have things work out. But for the last shot, I still think Kyrie is the man. He's just clutch, clutch, and clutch. He he has the handles. He has the mid range. He has a three point jumper. He can get to the line. He's the man. If it's not him, it's Kevin Durant. Harden's at that number three spot. Just because what he's done in those elimination situations and clutch situations, it's it just uh, it, it's not on the level that his fellow teammates are on. So um, it's gonna be interesting to see how Steve Nash utilizes his three uh, main players. So obviously. It's going to be a tough, tough decision for who takes that last shot. But for me, it really isn't. It's Kyrie. Um, but this net set, or this Steve Nash, look, he has experience not being a head coach, but as a player and wanting that shot. So it'll be interesting to see how he deals with that. Yeah, first of all, uh, I want to say something about that Golden State Warriors because Clay Thompson, he took a prominent step back. He was their third option. I mean, we saw his production dip, everything. And I just can't see anyone on the Nets taking that third option. Because KD, if you like it or not, he was the number one option on the Warriors at that time. Steph took a step back. Um, Clay took a step back. And I can't see Harden or Kyrie step taking a step back. Because Harden, for what we've seen from the past years that he's been in Houston he needs the ball in his hands he needs to play iso to be productive and Kyrie he plays that pick and roll offense and I think the one person here is KD who can play off the block um, just pass on the ball and he goes to work and I think KD is the one who can work it out I'm just worried about Kyrie and Harden in this and then also what you're saying about um, the who would take the last shot I mean for James Harden for sure. I mean, watching Rockets ball um, forever. I mean, I know I don't want Harden taking the shot because I've seen him not show up, be 50-50 for however many playoff games he's played. And I think I think you give it to KD. I mean, he. I mean, just this past uh, night, he made a game winner. And I think that just shows, I mean, James Harden missed it. And then KD got the pass and then he... he made the game, won the game. And I think that I think it's Kyrie or Katie. I think that's gonna be up to Coach Nash to figure out. But yeah, that's what I think. I think it's just I think it's Katie in my own opinion, but it could go really either way on this one on that one. Yeah, the Nets situation will certainly get very, very interesting as we get closer and closer to playoffs where these games start to matter more and more as we get closer to the end of the NBA season, which is really in the primary stages right now. We'll see how Harden meshes in these upcoming weeks. For now, we're going to move on 
into our latest news bit from the NBA. I feel like the NBA is unfolding every day. More and more stuff coming out today. We see Michael Thomas played through multiple ankle injuries and will go through surgery to fix this. And then, as a side note, which usually would be the top note, but just the stuff that's gone on today, A.J. Brown with a similar, uh, a similar injury who played through it, even though he was supposed to be done in week two. What are you guys' thoughts? We're going to start off with Thomas, who played through because it was his la- it was his quarterback's last year. I mean, what does that have to say about him, not only at, for the franchise, but as a player in general, to play through an injury for your quarterback? I mean, I, I think that shows a lot about the player. I think that – and it also shows a lot about Drew Brees because that just shows how much Drew means to New Orleans, to the team. I mean, he's been there for so long. I saw – uh, Tyron Matthew, he tweeted, he's from New Orleans, and he was like, yeah, that man's the heart of his team, uh, of the city, really, and he's just sad to see him go, and I think that's what Drew Brees uh, encompasses, and I think uh, Michael Thomas was out there ready to give it his all because he knew this guy, this was this guy's last shot, and they have such a connection that he was willing to give it all on the field. I mean, he... He didn't really get a single he didn't really get any targets. He didn't really get any catches. But just him being out there, that just shows a kind of friendship and um respect that uh you don't see every day now, especially in the sports scene. And yeah, what do you think, Dr. Cash? Yeah, I think it shows really the amount of respect that Drew Brees' teammates have for him. Thomas obviously knew that this was likely it for Drew Brees. The 2020-2021 campaign would be his last in New Orleans. And um, I think the amount of respect that his teammates have for him is incredible. And, and that just shows, like, this man needed surgery, but he wanted to play for for his quarterback. Because one, making throws to him, leading him through the playoffs. And obviously Thomas, just he wasn't a factor in that game against the Buccaneers, zero catches, uh, no yards. And obviously, you know, that, that that's not up to his uh, – that's that's way below what he's normally producing. Um, but the character he showed by playing through injury for his man, it's it's insane. And um, ton of respect to him for that. You know, he was getting trash-talked all day after that game. And um, it just goes to show how, how much – how how someone's impact can have on the rest of the team. And in this instance, it's Drew Brees, whose whose impact will be everlasting on New Orleans and especially this team, um, who's continue who who's been a contender ever since he's been there. So uh, for me it's just it's it's respecting simply. Yeah, and you also look at this from from Drew Brees' standpoint, and his star receiver has been out almost the whole year. I mean, he he missed a lot of games throughout the regular season, but he was battling through it. I mean, I, I read that Michael Thomas wouldn't even practice the entire week, but he'd show up at the game because the team thought that they were better out with him than without him, which I think is just huge from Drew Brees' standpoint. And then part two of this little segment is AJ Brown, who had surgery on both of his knees today. And this guy, this is a guy that made the Pro Bowl and only missed two games. 
I mean, what does that have to say? Because this guy was making highlight reel after highlight reel, dragging defenders into the end zone. Yeah, I mean, this is a totally different case than Michael Thomas. Because Thomas, I mean, I, I see the heart there for sure, 100%. But he only had a 438 yards on the season, um, 40 catches. And A.J. Brown, on the other hand, he had over 1,000 yards and 70 receptions. And, I mean, that's just nine-day difference. And A.J. Brown won a Pro Bowl. And you saw him on his Instagram. He was like, yeah, man, I I was basically out um, during the week two. Week two, I was out and kept playing, won a Pro Bowl. And he was the number one receiver on that team. And I think I – think, that's just crazy. I I can't even. I don't even know words for that because this is a guy playing at a Pro Bowl level, and I mean we don't know how badly his knees were hurt, but if you have to have surgery to repair them, then it must be severe. And for him to go out there and play every single week, because I mean there were linger lingering effects. I mean during that Houston game before the playoffs, um, he went out, sat out and then just came back in and made the game-winning play. And I think it's just crazy to think that um, you can be hurting that bad and still go out and perform at such a high level. I mean, what do you have to say, Dr. Cash? Yeah, I think um, that's, that's just a crazy story, one that I really haven't that, – that's super rare. I don't think I've seen in in a while. Um Professional doctors were telling him that he's done in week two. Um, but he ended up playing the entire season. He ended up getting selection to the Pro Bowl. And he ended up being a part of a playoff team that came up short in the wild card. Now, although he didn't miss weeks two and three, he returned week five. Had a 1,000-yard season, 11 touchdowns, as he said. And this was a sophomore campaign that he's not going to forget because and nor are his teammates, because his teammates now know that this man was had surgery on both knees and um, continued to fight through it just just for this team to get back and in, get into contention talk. And they didn't get there, but sure shows the warrior in him, and um, it's gonna be it's gonna lead a long way in the future for this Titan team. Who they're not done yet. They're still gonna continue to make noise in the years coming down with Henry and Brown. Yeah. And- and before you go on, um, Dr. Catch, I know you probably have more to say, but I think this just shows how much um, medicine and doctors have um, improved. Like we see vaccine coming out record time one year, supposed to be the most um, like hit 94% um, chance that you're going to be immune. And I think that just shows like how smart, how technologically advanced we are because this guy, he's getting treatment for sure. I mean, the doctors are on him, and they must be giving him something, some painkiller, something that's keeping his body going. And if it's good enough to hold back a knee that's fractured, maybe broken, I mean, I think that's that's some doctors that you got there in Tennessee. Yeah, and it goes to the NFL as a whole as medicine continues to get developed. And once again, this is not supposed to happen. What we saw this year, it's been a mess of a year. And and to have these injuries on the side, it just only adds to the problems. And yet, 
these guys didn't have to deal with those problems because they were able to take care of themselves and fight through the pain for their team. I think it's it's selfless acts for both of these players that could could have ended their career really if they really re-injured it any worse. And I think that's another thing. Like we go back to that Patrick Mahomes game, and even if Mahomes was able to play, I mean, I know a lot of people that said no, don't don't let him play because that's their franchise guy. And I think that says a lot here as we wrap up this episode of Wind That Tape. That says a lot about the NFL and the ever-progressing injury management that they're having. Much, much different from the NBA's load management, which is to prevent players from getting injured. That will do it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you Go hit our Instagram, Twitter, and any of our social medias with a follow. We're also on Bleacher Report. And to check out our website, windthattape.com, for uh, new articles every single week. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you can get more of these awesome episodes every single week. Thank you guys so much for listening.